0: episode 45 of social suplexes podcast about aew with a proclivity for positivity welcome to all things elite i'm your host floyd johnson with me today is the most paul excuse me most positive person in the elite universe that double p got me miss amy o or at phoenix njpw on twitter what's going on amy
1: Hey man, how are you doing? It's been a crazy awesome week for wrestling, dude.
0: It, it has been a crazy awesome week for wrestling. I've watched a ton of it. This is me tonight. It's me. I'll probably order it later. It's me missing my first NWA show. It's just, it fell into this black hole of me being busy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I totally hear that. In fact, Andy's (laughs) watching it right now while we're recording this, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch it afterwards.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, Yeah, I saw some tweets about it, and so I immediately went and muted it so I can uh, try to watch it as spoiler-free as possible. I mean, I know if there's a title change or whoever wins whatever title, I'm going to hear about it. It's just unavoidable, but I can, you know, not on the other stuff. I try to support the NWA as much as I can but it's just time time hey i mean you you're married you have kids you understand time constraints better than me like way no i think ev- than you know
1: everybody's <laughs> got time constraints right like <laughs> yes. there's so much wrestling to watch all the time and it's like if you watched it all you would literally be watching wrestling 24/7 <laughs> yes <Yeah>, so <laughs> sometimes was, you just gotta prioritize
0: yeah I, I, I listen to i listen to uh, voices of wrestling on uh in joe the flagship show with joe lanza and he watches like all these shows and i'm like it would honestly i would quit enjoying it it would be a job and i'm yeah. just like i don't want wrestling i mean i love talking about wrestling i keep up run the twitter all that stuff but i enjoy that and at, at any point if this becomes feels like a job i already have one of those so i don't <laughs> exactly. i don't want another one No, no,
1: you want your wrestling to feel fun, something that you're loving and you're enjoying and that you want to talk about. And, like, that's exactly how this feels for me is, like, I love Dynamite. It's my favorite show all the time. And, like, that's something where I just I really love it and I want to talk about it because I'm super hyped about it. And the second it's like, well, this happened and that was great. And then they had this thing and that sucked. Like, then I'm just done. Yeah. As soon as I start monotoning everything, I'm just like, "All right, I'm done."
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, and I get that from like, you know, and you know, there's other elite shows out there that are great and they put in a lot of work and they are high-quality shows. I am never going to disparage them, but it sometimes it does feel like it's work. You know what I mean? When I'm like, "If I'm putting in the hours that you're putting in on this, it's just I wouldn't enjoy it. This would not remain the most positive aew show on it i'd just be like i'm so tired of this crap why is that again because it's like i even said i don't like everything aew does i don't but Mm -hmm. i like a huge majority of what it is i like it like 90 to 95 percent of the stuff that they do and that's legit how much i like it it's just you know because i like all of that i can kind of ignore the small things i don't like
1: Yeah, or, you know, for me, the stuff that maybe I don't like as much, I figure that if it, if I give it time, that it'll come around. So, like, I didn't care for the Dark Order. We have episodes, it's on record
0: (laughs) that I didn't
1: like the Dark Order. And you did, but, you know, for me, it was something that it took time to come around to. And now I like them. I enjoy it when they come out. I love their videos. So, you know, if there's something that I'm not necessarily keyed into, I'm like, all right. I'm just going to give it time and then see if it hits.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's just one of those people, one of those things when people don't like something because they don't like it. No one must like it. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> right. I don't, uh, I don't like the dark order. Everybody hates the dark order. Like I saw this message, uh, that said, uh, not one person, not one person missed the night. Col- mayor collective tonight. And I'm just like, that's such a lie that's such a or did he said nightmare collective or a dark order i'm like that's such that's such a lie i'm like that means you're not paying attention to twitter because there are yeah. people <laughs> sitting there posting saying you know where was the dark order why was the dark order on the show uh you know and everyone i mean if you keep your finger on the elite universe you knew brandy was uh passport got stolen this week yeah like
1: so she le- legit got robbed like she got stolen from her Her passport was stolen it was a very upsetting ordeal and like yeah she wasn't able to be on the cruise because of that because she had to fly out to give her keynote speech which apparently went really well so congratulations to brandy for that
0: yeah and that being said it's like you know everyone knew the nightmare collective wasn't going to be there so you weren't going to get a whole bunch of tweets saying why isn't brandy on the show because they already knew Randy, I mean, you know, like, I'm talking about the people that post on Twitter a lot, the people that live in the universe. I know that's only like 5 to 10% of the whole AEW fan base, and there was probably 90% that had no idea why she wasn't on there. And I don't know if any of them missed it cuz they don't tweet, so I don't know. It's just people yeah, like things. I mean, they're, things. they're
1: having a good time <laughs> on a cruise ship. <laughs> like.
0: I will t- I will tell I will tell anyone Name your favorite name the person that you think is the dirt worst professional wrestler ever. He has a fan or she has a fan out there that thinks they are the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, when Absolutely. I when I go to Access, like I'm like, "Oh, that line's not going to have anybody on there." Like Zack Ryder, super popular. Super popular. You know what I mean? Hey, WWE's buried him, like, 112 times. You know what? His lines are still 100% full when it's time to go get an autograph. So it's just like, wait, just because you don't like it, believe me, there's someone out there that likes it.
1: Absolutely, man. And, you know, I could go a whole freaking podcast episode on Brandy Rhodes yeah. and how – big of a fan I am of her and how legitimate, like, legitimate, this isn't just speaking for positivity or being optimistic or whatever nonsense, like, like legitimately enjoy her character and what she does out there, but that would take a lot of time,
0: Yes, uh, (laughs) but, you know, uh,
1: there uh, are fans for everybody, and I absolutely would line up to see the Nightmare Collective, and dude, I would donate a lock of my freaking hair to go see the Nightmare Collective, so consider me a fan, you know? (laughs) Yes,
0: I I mean, one of those things... When I first really started getting to Cody, which was uh, later than a lot of other people, who are super passionate. I, you know, Brandy was his wife. I'm like, I'm a legit fan of Brandy. She is an impressive person. If you, if anyone pays like t- attention for two seconds, you mm-hmm. will see how impressive of a human she is. And it's just, I don't, watch know. I don't understand why she gets so much hate.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, her her charisma, like her charisma, her timing her moves okay so maybe she's not the greatest wrestler ever but dude like i looking back at the match that they had last week and again i'm not i'm gonna try not to go too long on this but she had the most energy of the match She had the most direction in the match. She felt and rode the wave of every moment from the crowd and responded accordingly and perfectly to, you know, bring the other person out and get them applause and get them going with, you know, fan love and appreciation or to really dig into the crowd and really get them to boo her. Like she's legitimately awesome at what she does, especially as a character. So it's really a joy to watch her. And I know she hadn't wrestled since July. So knowing that she hasn't even been training as if she should be wrestling because she's more of a managerial role right now, the fact that she's still putting in that work on the back end anyway and went out and delivered what she did, I thought was awesome. It was great to watch.
0: Yes. And I definitely know they don't need or don't want or need a heel Authority character. I am not in any way advocating for that. But if they had one, she would destroy that character. I think that would be like, that's her like perfect character.
1: Oh, dude. Yeah. From the second she walks out and she's doing that stone cold thing where she's yelling at the camera and she's like sassing it up. It's just like when uh, Cody was in ROH, right? And he had the ROH ring and he was feuding with the Bullet Club and the Bullet Club Civil War. And every time she came out, like she was magnetic with where your eyes went because she would be so (laughs) hamming it up to the camera and really just digging into people and like supporting Cody and digging into the other, you know, the opponents or the crowd. Like she's fantastic. I love watching her.
0: Yes. She's one of those people. I think people have decided they're not going to like no matter what she does. She could go out there and do 450s and shooting star presses and, (laughs) you know, people have decided she for some reason that she doesn't deserve her spot so therefore they're never gonna cheer and i i just live you know we just yeah live whatever man it. you're missing out yeah <laughs> all right but before we get into the meat of the show just want to remind you that uh this episode of all things leads brought to you by powerslam tv powerslam tv where you get access to over four thousand hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe right onto your laptop and mobile devices if you use the code Social Suplex, you still get that first month free. Uh, then I just want to make sure that you uh, everything's downloading fine on uh, Google and uh, Apple Podcast and whatever your podcast app. You again, there's two separate feeds. There's one for All Things Elite, and then there's one for the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Either one works for me. Uh, you know, I I think Social Suplex puts on one of the best. Library of shows that you get through a week, so I would say go through the Social Complex Podcast Network. But if you are one of those people that are very selective about your shows and you have chosen to listen to us, you can just put in all things elite and download our show directly. Please leave a rating review. And if you're so inclined, you can leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle which all donations will be going to make this show better, get us access, you know, if we need to pay for interviews, anything like that, that's what that money's going to go to. And definitely support us by following. And I've been horrible at this, so I've definitely added it to the beginning of the show. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod or at SocialSuplex. You can follow uh, Amy at PhoenixNJPW tiffany at all elite tiffany on twitter and if you are so inclined which honestly my personal account is a lot of me talking about football but if you are so inclined it's at at floyd johnson jr i honestly just prefer that you follow the all things elite page because that's where i talk about aew so that is it There we go, man. And
1: speaking of AEW, we have had a ridiculously cool week. So we had part two of Bash at the Beach aboard the Jericho Cruise. We also had AEW Dark from Bash at the Beach from last week. And we got another Road 2 series, which, oh my gosh, I adore these Road 2 series so much, and I'm so glad that they've kept them rolling even though they've got AW Dark and even though they've got Dynamite on TNT. These these Road 2 specials just feel so momentous and significant and important, and they're so well done.
0: Yes. Um, we were talking in uh we were talking in one of the groups on i mean on Facebook about that and i i i got a point in contention from someone uh James Boyd from One Nation Radio my boy he uh he was like well i don't want to have to go everywhere to keep up I, I to keep up with uh AEW and to get the storyline well that's the thing about dark and you know dark and um being the elite road to the uh road to shows it gives you a choice if you just want to watch the tv and i i truly think it's fine i think you get enough story they flesh out enough story on the tv show but if you really want to get in depth and if you're a why person why is this happening why 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 you know if you really want to know all the reasons why you're going to have to start dig- digging into the bigger AEW or the elite universe, which includes being the elite road to Bahamas and AEW dark, because on those shows, storylines advance. You get a lot of reasons why like on the dark order, they turned the whole guy missing his punches into a storyline. They, you know, the uh, evil, Uno. know, you know, interviewed him and you know, he was talking to the, he was talking to uh the higher power or the, what was it called? I can't the Exalted remember. One. He was talking to the Exalted One and he said he made a mistake. He, he thought he saw a future in him and he didn't. And they literally, you know, in the interview, they said how they kicked him out of the Dark Order. And it's like, you can get more in-depth story or you can choose to watch the TV. Me personally, as a person that you know, is one of those people that really a booster of AEW. I know a lot of my friends. I don't know about you, Amy, don't have cable of any type. You know what I mean? They Mm -hmm. just have Netflix. They just have Disney Plus. They just have whatever they need. And that's great. I'm not, I'm not anti-cord cutter. I do not, you know, I have cable, but whatever. I, Want them to watch AEW. The only way they know to watch AEW legally is through YouTube. That's what you have. That's the option you have. So you can watch Being the Elite, Road to the Bahamas, and AEW Dark and get an AEW experience as opposed to, you know, that you might not get if you don't have a way to watch Dynamite. So, I think with the world that we're living in, the way they do it is pretty much the smartest way to do it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like the way that I look at it is twofold. The first part is for me, when I watch Dynamite, I want to see the wrestling. If I wanted to see a bunch of storylines, I'd watch WWE. (laughs) Like I'm watching Dynamite because I love the flow of their show. It feels exciting from... The very first match, all the way to the very end, it's jam-packed with stories in the matches. They've got a few promos, but it's mostly action-packed wrestling. And I love that. I absolutely love how it feels and how the flow works with the two hours that they have. And I know that I can go watch AEW Dark. I know that I can watch Being the Elite. I know I can watch the Road 2 promos and everything else. And so that that fits for me and how I enjoy viewing AEW. But the other part of that is, that gives me something when I wake up on Thursday morning and go, man, is it Wednesday yet? Because <laughs> I do that every week. Every Thursday, I'm like, oh, I want it again. It gives me something to look forward to. I know that on Monday, I'm going to get B in the Elite. I know that on Tuesday, I'm going to get AEW Dark. And on Wednesday... I'll get dynamite. And if there's something that's extra sprinkled in, like a road to uh promo package, then that's just icing on the cake where something that I get more content throughout the week. And that makes me really happy because Wednesday to Wednesday is a long time when you're so excited to see a show and you have to wait a week every time. So that's how I see it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and Brandy said it best. Uh, and I know we didn't get to talk about this last week. Because, you know, we didn't get to do the show. But after they signed the TV deal and they was like, you're going to get another hour of TV? She's like, that's more hours for character development. Because every week, you know, we get our two-hour show and then there's someone out there that complains that someone wasn't on the show. And I'm like, did you watch Dark? You know? (laughs) Right, right. I mean, they were probably not on on Dark. Now they're going to have another hour every week to really... Uh, you know, get you know get people out there. Get get names out there. I mean, like this week, and we're about to talk about it now, uh, or, uh, you know, big uh, this week you got to see Big Swole, who you haven't seen in a while. I mean, it feels like forever since you've seen Swole.
1: I love Big Swole. Let's jump into this. All yes, right, so yeah. let's jump into AEW Dark for this week. This was on Tuesday, and we got the first match was Big Swole against Is it Diamante? Diamante. Diamante. I knew it was one of those two. Okay, so Big Swole and Diamante. Diamante is somebody who is completely new to me. Um, My husband had said that she was an impact with LAX, so that was some great context, but to me she was brand new. And let me tell you, as soon as these women stepped into the ring, the entire mood changed. It was like watching two legit fighters that were going to square up. And kick each other's ass. It was so good. This was my favorite dark match, I think, this year. One of my favorite dark matches since they've been doing it. And probably one of my favorite, like, just general matches. Certainly in the women's division. This match rocked so hard. Because Big Swole comes out. And she's got this, like, super confident energy where she's out there dancing. She's, like, singing to her music. And she's like, dude, I'm out here. (laughs) I'm the queen of this ring and I'm going to tear some shit up. And Diamante, you know, she's got like a fighter vibe to her too. And she's like, all right, cool. You want to tear stuff up? I'm going to tear you up too. And they just go at it. And it was such a great match. Like, I loved this. So if you're sitting here wondering whether you should watch AEW Dark, like, I don't even know why that's a question. If you like (laughs) AEW Dynamite, why not? But this is why. Like, you get to see really great matches you get to see the introduction of people that kind of feels like a trial run as to whether or not you know this is something that is going to work out really well they test them with the audience they they test them in the ring and like i really want to see diamante on dynamite after this and big swole too this was a great match
0: yeah think about swole uh her music uh shout out to mon easy for uh, being on the show, uh, her music was done with her, and Mod easy. It's her doing her show. song. I will honestly say, not many songs, if any, other than Fozzy with Jericho, match a wrestler's personality as much as Big Swallow's music. It announces her presence. It announces the the same type of energy her song has. It's the type of energy she brings to the ring, and it's very. It's very, you know, in-your-face because it's like, it goes swole. And it's just saying her name a lot because it's very in-your-face. You're getting this character. You're getting this presentation. And it just, like, it adds everything to it. And then what you're seeing with Diamante is, I think, what you'll see with the rest of the women's division, as each woman gets more comfortable with each other, you see two women that have been fighting on the indies for the last five years. You saw the fluidity fluidity of their match you saw how hard hitting everything looked. you saw how it how you just saw it looked crisp it it was like to me one of the better women's matches as far as there was no slowdowns there was no botches it was really really good and it came from familiarity that's what happens the more you work with somebody the better you get and if and what you have unfortunately not uh seen is a lot of people in the AEW haven't worked with each other a lot before and i think over year over you know as more matches happen and they get more comfortable with each other you're going to see better matches and again great the whole idea of the one one day a week schedule is perfect but it doesn't make you super familiar very quickly it takes a lot more time to develop
1: Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I like dark so much and think of it as a very valuable asset to dynamite because it sort of fulfills that role of giving people extra time because not only do you have people who are not used to working with each other, but you have two completely different styles with Japanese wrestling and American like Western style wrestling. Japanese wrestling hits hard like they go full contact a lot and we don't really do that as much in our style of wrestling, and so finding a good mix between those two is something that takes a lot of practice and sort of communication, right? Yes. So I, I totally expect that as people are able to work with each other more often, we'll get to see a, a stronger progression because they're there for a reason. They're good. They're great. You know. They just it's it's a matter of having the time to work together. Yeah. This match was amazing though. I loved yes, it. it. It was so just, good.
0: It was so hard hitting and it it came off more like a fight than any match I've seen in like in a yes. while. It very much came off like it was very important for those two people to they were trying to win. And I'm like I don't know if that's just me, but I felt like that was that's what made the match so good.
1: Absolutely. It was totally gritty and awesome. And I loved it. Um, and it was funny because I was like, okay, well, good luck to whoever follows them. <laughs> because no matter who it is, that match was so good. The next match was great. It was fun. It was awesome. It had some great moments. But like, that's still my favorite match. So we had Jurassic Express and we had them with the strong hearts. Now this was cool because we haven't gotten to see the strong hearts in a while. And as soon as T-Hot comes out, I'm like, oh, dude. That dude's going to chop Marco and he's going to go flying because T-Hawk is basically like Walter for his chops. He leaves people blistered. It's insane. Um, But we haven't I haven't really seen that much from him because we haven't really seen Stronghearts much. Right. Well, this match was a lot of fun. We got a lot of really fun pair ups. We did get to see T-Hawk chopping Marco, but we also saw Marco coming back and chopping T-Hawk and not even in this like hilarious, funny, like ironic way. We saw Marco give some fight back and that was awesome.
0: Yeah. And you won you know what you notice? Everybody makes fun of how short Marco is. T-Hawk is well, two inches taller than him. Uh, I
1: think it's L Lindemann, actually. Oh, L Lindemann. Yeah.
0: Yes, L. exactly. Lindemann.
1: He's like two <laughs> or
0: three inches taller. No one ever that- talks about it, and I'm like, no, T, no, no, uh, no, uh, yeah. I-, I get them confused, unfortunately, because I have not watched the Strong Hearts a lot. So yes, uh, L, yeah, L Lindemann, not very much taller. T Hawk, T Hawk is the one that looks like a guy to me. He looks like you know someone that can be pushed in the future. He is pushed in other companies. I, I you know. From listening to different shows, I've heard his name quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was – I thought Marco's offense in this match made more sense than it did in any other match to me. And he was definitely the star of the match.
1: Yeah, Marco was great in this match. He's been so fun to watch lately, just in general.
0: Yeah, like the gap – it used to be it was Luchasaurus and his two buddies – Now, yeah, now it's like Marco and Jungle Boy has closing the gap between them and Luchasaurus to where they're more of a team. And shout out to Luchasaurus, it looks like his hamstring is better because he is moving a lot faster than he did like like two weeks ago. So, and
1: kicking a lot higher, too. (laughs) Yeah, yes.
0: And it's like, um, yeah, so it looks like he's healing up. I don't know if it was just like not confidence in it, but it was just like, you know. To the naked eye, to the untrained eye, he looked slower. And it was just like, okay, it was a lot less impressive than what we had been seeing. from. But it looks like we saw that snap, that excitement, that energy there again tonight, uh, again on a dark.
1: Absolutely. And it's neat, too, to watch the Jurassic Express because you've got a three-man group, which usually feels like it's going to be very busy to let everybody get their shine in. But Jurassic Express does it really well. You know, Luchasaurus is super over, and I feel like he's giving space to the other two guys as they're getting super over and sort of having their moments as well, which I find really cool to see other people kind of step back and go, okay, here, you take more here, you take more time here. So that felt like that was happening. And, of course, Luchasaurus comes in, and everybody is super excited. He does his kicks. He takes people out. He does his moonsault. It's insane. It's insane. But um, but you see everybody else get their time too. You see Marco get legitimate time. You see Jungle Boy get legitimate time, and it just it really feels like they have a great sense of awareness when it comes to the time that everybody has to be able to have their moments to get their offense in and look great.
0: Yeah, and you know it's clear. I mean, it, it was clear like at the beginning, The *Jurassic Express* was going to be a vehicle to get Jungle Boy over. Now it's like all three of them are over. I think, you know, Marco was kind of like brought in as the mascot. And I think he's developed his own fan base. There are a lot of people that just really love Marco Stunt, you know, the, uh, you know, the underdog. So that is awesome. I just, I, th- I think that's really well. Cause I, I would have told you, I didn't see that coming. Marco Stunt, yeah. and Marco Stunt, every complaint about Marco Stunt, I hear. And you know the old man inside of me is like yeah he's really really small but then <laughs> then the fun you know the fun guy inside of me but he's really really fun you know he's super he fun he is he's just a super fun wrestler and i'm just like i'm not ever going to bitch about someone just being fun i mean yeah if this was if this was maybe another sport or, you know, something else that a fourth form of for entertainment, I might have more of a problem with it. But I don't, you know, I he's fun. I'm not. Dude, gonna yeah, I'm not going to
1: preach realism when we're talking about a dude who's on a team with a dinosaur. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <yes. It laughs> like, was on, yeah. No,
1: I love Marco Stunt. He's great. He's so much fun to watch. And he's got a little fire inside of him. And I think we can all relate to that, you know, yeah. like. That That's just cool, I like him yeah. Well, and it's it was great too, because on the cruise There was a lot of fun interactions with Marco Stunt In the lead up to Dynamite and during <laughs> Dynamite And after Dynamite I'm pretty sure Marco Stunt had the best time on the cruise Out of everybody in AEW
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it meant, you know, AEW's roster is some talent on there If you're not following Hikaru Shida, make sure you do uh, Marco stunt having, I mean, if you're a person that doesn't get to go out and you like to live vicariously through other people live vicariously through Marco stunt. Cause he's having a blast at everything he's doing. And like anytime he's like, when you, the little kid and what you thought you would do as a wrestler, as a little kid, he's doing, and he's letting you know about it on Twitter. It's he's living like, the literally. best life. He's like <laughs> he's like living, like he's living his best life, and I just it, and it's freaking awesome for him. You know, I'm really like I don't know how you cannot like the kid. You know what I mean? It's just like you might not want to see him wrestle. You might not think he's big enough, but he just seems like a genuinely just fun person.
1: Absolutely. And meanwhile, while you're sitting there thinking that, your kids are looking at him starry eyed. So, yeah, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> he's, tall. he's taller than them. You know, you got to have somebody for the kids, though. You know?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's get into the heart of this episode, which is the Jericho cruise. Because first, before we even talk about matches, how flipping cool was it that we had a wrestling show on a cruise ship?
0: Ah. That was
1: awesome. It that was it,
0: it, so cool. All In my, all I could think is how hasn't this happened before? That's what? all I could think. It just seems like such a slam dunk. I've seen, you know, I think they did a WWE, one of the tributes to the troops. They did it on a naval, a Navy vessel, which is kind of cool. Uh, but it's just like, you got this boat with, you got this boat with the most passionate you know, wrestling fans, you know, you know, on earth, they're on a wrestling cruise. I mean, that's all you have to tell me. You don't have to give me any more qualifications. You're on a wrestling cruise. That means you're a passionate wrestling fan. So you got this rabid fan base. And he's like, let's put on a wrestling show. And you know what? Let's record it as our weekly show. It's just like, man, it's just such a brilliant idea. And I do want to point out, if y'all don't know this, Jericho took when he did the Jericho Cruise, he took it to the WWE first, and they turned it yep. down, and yep. that is crazy <laughs> to me because it's I so know. over. Like, I mean, I mean, the first year, I mean, I, re- I remember it was like a month left, and there were still seats, right? But they finally sold out. Last year, it sold out in like three months. It wasn't. Oh, very dude, this
1: long. is gonna be like an instant sell. This year, for the
0: next one. this year, if you are listening to the show and you are interested, have your money ready. Have yep. your deposit ready. I honestly think a week, maybe two. Maybe oh, two. And man. I think I might be I think I might be over I think I might be overestimating it. I what think you might it? be overestimating <laughs> because
1: they have payment plans where you can just pay like a couple hundred bucks a month. Yeah. And the, the prices are really ridiculously reasonable anyway. Yeah. So like we went on a Disney cruise. With the family, and it was like ridiculously expensive. Like I'm not even gonna say how stupidly expensive it was, but the tickets for this one, I was looking. They had an archive of the prices from last year, and I imagine that they'll probably be up a little higher next year, simply just due to the demand. Like I'm happy to pay it, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go. Um, but it was like for the biggest rooms was something like a thousand per person. And I was looking at the, um, I had a thread on Twitter today about people's experiences from the cruise. Because it was just so cool to see all these happy faces and all these great photos and these great experiences. And people were saying that every room, when they walked in, there was a free bottle of Chris Jericho's and Rager Bubbly on the bed waiting for them and every uh, i want to say for three of the nights there was something new that was like a free gift or whatever from um from chris jericho's cruise the meet and greets are included in the ticket prices as well as the photo ops and autographs and of course just walking around and seeing wrestlers and hanging out and just having a great time and of course the show and every single night there was an action-packed Card of wrestling shows plus a freaking Fozzy rock concert. Like, how do you not go? This this is gonna just like go so fast next year.
0: Yeah, last uh, I saw a guy post a picture. He's like, When you pick the right elevator, and it was he was on the elevator with Kenny Omega and Rio. <laughs> that's so crazy. <laughs> I'm just like, That's like, that's just crazy. It's like you don't get that type of access with anyone, and the wrestlers are probably. You know, they do, like, their hour or whatever photo op, and then they're on a freaking boat. They're on a cruise eating for free and drinking and having a good time going to the Bahamas. I'm just like, I think, like... Everyone's mood is going to be better. You know, how are you on a bad, how are you in a bad mood on a cruise? You know Dude, I mean? seriously, right? Yeah. Like the
1: crowd at this show, you're on a cruise, you're on a wrestling cruise, you're on Chris Jericho's wrestling cruise. So you've seen Fozzie, you've gotten to meet tons of people, you're probably already drinking. And if you're not, it doesn't matter because you're having a great time anyway. You know, you've got straight edge people, you've got people who are drinking, you've got people who are celebrating. Everyone's in a festive mood. And they're all some of the most hardcore fans because again, wrestling crews. Like it's yeah. just
0: wild. You and the show is included in your ticket price. So you're not you didn't have to, you know, go all crazy to get tickets, you know what I mean? It's just like you're just there and you're just having a good time and the energy of the crowd and it's just like so what you're telling me is you think see <laughs> so you think it's a bad idea. To have a wrestling show in front of your most passionate fan base.
1: And also get to go to the Bahamas. Yeah. And there was somebody who posted a picture of the show from Dynamite. Yeah. And you had the balcony where the fans were. And then you had another ship that was parked next to them because they were at the dock. And the other ship. So people who are just on their own cruising adventure. Got to watch Dynamite, and they had tons of people who were cheering and yelling and like just enjoying it. Who were on a completely different cruise ship. Yes, <laughs> like that's so cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and all you say we haven't even talked about the show. It's just the ecstatic of it. It's just how hasn't this been done before? It's the greatest idea ever. I can't wait. I'm like everything. I even said after June, everything else is on pause. Because I'm going to be on that ship next year.
1: Me too. It's on my birthday week, and the next year's Dynamite airs on my birthday.
0: We're going. Yes. (laughs) And I was telling you, my wife and her twin sister, their birthday's first week of February also. So so they will... We will be celebrating no birthday. I turn 40 next year. We'll be celebrating my birthday. We're just going to have well, a great time. Everybody's man, Absolutely. Yeah,
1: really well, is. Andy's is like two weeks after, so we're going to celebrate everybody's birthday. We'll yes. celebrate Dynamite's birthday, too.
0: Yeah, yes. It's <laughs> going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be a crazy show. People were, uh, you know, had the Wi Fi. They've been uploading some people had uploaded shows from the boat. I was like, this is, that's going to be so fun. That's going to be so fun. It's just going to be the best time ever. I'm just excited.
1: Super, super cool. Well, let's get cracking into the Dynamite show. So the first thing we see, of course, we've got Pyro, we've got the view of the boat and everything's awesome and thrilling and the crowd's great. But the first match we get is actually the AEW Tag Team Championship match. And this is between Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus SCU. Now, not only is the match itself great because their tag team matches are always great. And you've got some of the best wrestlers in the world in this ring at the same time, plus They're all really good friends, but you've also got some strife among the friendships playing out in the ring. And this is something that I love that they're taking on and they're doing this expertly. They're perfectly navigating the wrestling action while having this in-ring storytelling that you just can't miss because it's all happening right there play out in the ring. It was freaking awesome. What were your thoughts on this match and how it opened up Dynamite on the Jericho Cruise?
0: So this was our first taped episode of Dynamite in its existence. Every episode's alive, but this was taped on Tuesday. Well, unfortunately for me, I work overnights, so I got spoiled on it. And you know what? It did not affect my enjoyment of this match one bit. They came out. I I think no one does the opening match of their show better than AEW. Whether it's a singles match, tag match, no one does the opening match of the show. It, it, it's a momentum builder, and they kill it. And I just thought this match did, stuck with the whole lineage of that momentum building matches. Hangman's character work while still performing was amazing. Kenny Omega looking a little confused because he never knew what Omega was going to do. And, and, and in a way, SCU, you know, they're just trying to win. And that came through in everything that they were doing. It was just, it was just a, like, exposed fun match.
1: Super fun match. And we got a change of the titles for the very first time in AEW. We had Hangman Page and Kenny Omega winning this match. And then we got one of the most iconic shots. And this is another great thing that I love about AEW is that we keep getting these iconic moments, right? We've got, I need my older brother. And we've got this with Hangman Page crowd surfing on the cruise ship, drinking beer taken from someone in the crowd after just getting the tag team championships. That was amazing.
0: Yes, it was, you know, as far as like, the one of the most awesome things, like it could be his moment if they want it to be. I don't know if anyone got a good picture or a good steal. I know the videos out there, but it was just crazy. It's just that to me is the difference between an AEW crowd and almost any other wrestling crowd. I'm not going to speak to everyone, but when have you when have you seen that kind of energy and party mentality at a wrestling event? And I know. Yeah, I know this one was on a boat, and it was—I mean—the most hardcore AEW fans, you know, were there. But you have gotta add the added layer. It's just—you know—it's—it's a, it's a younger audience. It's, it's energy, you know, all that, you know, all that together made this moment so awesome. So I just—I really, I really loved it. And as I tweeted out, who would have thought Hangman built as? The face of the company, he was kind of right. built as the go the guy going forward. Kenny Omega, the best bout machine. Their first title that they were going to hold in the AEW, you pretty much <laughs> figured they were going to be world champions. Their first title they held was the tag team title, which has a division that includes LAX or uh, Proud and Powerful, the Lucha Bros, the Young Bucks. I'm like, I'm naming the best tag teams in the world. You know, right, right. And it's like these two super duper single stars are your tag team champion. I will tell you AEW storyline storytelling keeps me on my feet. You know, anybody that said that was predictable, I you know, I honestly thought hang the winning hangman Larry, uh, Kenny, I thought that was how the match was going to end. And then Kenny took the uh, SCU later. I thought the match was over. Then, uh, Hangman was going to get pissed at Kenny for not being where he was supposed to be. You know, I had this whole story in my head, and AEW gave that story a middle finger, <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, well, and now they're building their next story too because yeah. they had an interaction with the Young Bucks where Hangman Page is like, Oh, that's funny. I never would have thought that we would hold these titles before you guys did. Hmm.
0: Yes. And in the, in the <laughs> end, in the end, it was, you know, these little things that you don't, you know, you might not notice, but they, they feed you. Is He told SCU he was going to kick both of their asses. In the end, Omega was out of the ring and wasn't even assisted him. He gave two buckshot lariats and got the pin. He actually kicked both of their asses. <laughs> Well, then there you go. (laughs) We've got
1: storytelling, and we've got another match to look forward to. And thankfully, I haven't seen this, but just in case there's anybody out there crying foul because Hangman Page and Kenny Omega aren't the best tag team in the world. First of all, they've been tagging together for a long time in mixed man tag matches in New Japan. I get that that doesn't count in this universe, but that's fine. Second of all, this sets up for a match with the Young Bucks where we get furthering of a storyline, and we may end up getting the Young Bucks with the championship, and then they end up fighting somebody like the Lucha Bros or somebody else or Private Party or who knows who else. So we're going to end up back in the tag team's action for the title, but this is a great way to sort of, break that up add some variety add some merit to the variety because as single stars they're amazing and as a team they have a lot of familiarity through their friendship and working together i'm all about this this is a lot of fun
0: this is how you do a moment in wrestling and it doesn't feel forced you know yep this is not you know adding three extra people to the royal rumble so ron Strowman can say he eliminated the most people in the royal rumble you know what i mean This is a very natural way. And actually, the only reason I brought that up, I'm actually watching SmackDown while we're doing this. Uh, So uh, that's why he was on the (laughs) screen. Uh, So, no, uh, but that's what it is. It it was natural. It's just like a lot of people thought, and me definitely, that thought Omega and Paige were going to lose this match. I mean, I thought SCU would just go on and defend the title of Revolution. But no, it was like, no. Here you go. These are two legitimate single stars. We've been pushing them for a year. They're two of the faces of our company. How can you not say that they are a legitimate tag team? You know what I mean? Legit, dude. They're not just
1: sandwiched in randomly. Like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's a whole lot of, of like, five-year history going on here. Yes, both of these people, if you look at the pay-per-views that uh, AEW has done, And you look at uh, Double or Nothing, Omega main evented it. All Out, All Out, Hangman main evented that match. You know, Full Gear, Omega main evented that show. I'm just saying, (laughs) they're headliners. (laughs) (laughs) Like That's what they do. (laughs) So it's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why anyone would have a problem with two main guys, you know, uh, teaming up you know and it's like it gives hangman more of a rub you know everyone was afraid of him kind of you know because he was like the little add-on to the elite you know he had his little (laughs) fan base but you know he's kind of the he's the joey fatone of the elite you know but now he's super over yeah he's
1: got his own thing going everyone's excited about him and like now you know there's, again, there's nothing more iconic than drunk cowboy crowd surfing on a yes. cruise ship.
0: <laughs> yes. And I, I mean, is there more of a picture of victory and winning in life? Oh, so good. <laughs> I have so a, good. i I'm getting crowd surfed after I just won a title with a drink in my hand. Oh my gosh. And I, I don't I know if it. you've seen the new shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees uh, mm-hmm. with Hangman. It immediately went into their top 10 on the site. When they released oh, it, um, it says something about drinking. I am just—I'm actually just pulling it up real quick. <laughs> of course, it does. <laughs> yes, and it's just like it's like I think like this is my drinking shirt or some weird stuff like that. Pro Wrestling Tees apparently let out a shirt because this page is not loading very quickly. So
1: it's all good. I'm sure we can find it on Pro dot com, and then we can pick it up for ourselves.
0: Yes, I definitely uh, definitely Hangman has. His character work, I didn't, he didn't get to do this much before AEW. And it's just like, I didn't, you know, I didn't know he had this in him. What he's doing, the chops that he's showing, I didn't know it was there. And, you know, even from a person that watches Being the Elite every week, I still didn't know it was, like, all the way there. And he's, you know, he's killing it. Absolutely. And, you know, It says, "Hangman, drink my beer. That's what it says.
1: (laughs) Well, then there you go. Everybody could just wear that shirt, and then you know which person you could take beer from. Yes.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) So we also got some new character development in the women's division on Dynamite 2. Because the next match, we saw Hell's favorite harlot, Priscilla Kelly, come out. And this was great because she got some new music, too, from Mikey Ruckus, who does a lot of AEW's themes, like Dustin Rhodes. Um, her music, because she's married to Darby Allen, had a little bit of an aura of Darby Allen's feel, but also was completely all of her own with this kind of dark and mysterious, venomous theme. It was fantastic. Anyway, she comes out. She's looking fantastic, as always. Britt Baker comes out they deliver a solid match you've got Britt Baker strikes are looking a hell of a lot better than they were before Priscilla Kelly you know they've got great chemistry in the ring I really enjoyed this match but the most important part was afterwards because we finally got <laughs> heel turn Brit. finally what were your thoughts on the match what were your thoughts on Britt Baker Finally turning heel
0: I <laughs> for the, I thought the match looked good. I thought Britt looked good. But, again, let's skip to the good part. I've heard mixed reactions on that promo. I felt like, I mean, there were a couple stutters. But, you know, it's production. That's how it works. I heard a couple stutters. But that was the most natural Britt Baker promo. Yep. I think... I I don't, she's the nicest person ever when you meet her. She's so nice. But her wrestling character and kind of the expression she has on her face leads her more to being a heel. This seemed more natural because she didn't say anything that wasn't true, which was the best part of any heel promo. She is a doctor. You know, Tony Shivani, you know, did work at Starbucks. These things all are true. She, in a lot of ways, you know, a lot of ways that you, you look at it from the real world perspective, is better than a lot of the people <laughs> there. She is a role model. You like, you know, your kid tells you, hey, I want to be a wrestler when I grow up. Oh, do you want a real job too? Yeah, I want to be a dentist too. Well, you're probably not gonna. You're probably not gonna be able to do both.
1: But you want to be a
0: doctor and a wrestler. Do you realize how much time that's gonna take? She, she did it. No, she did it. She's like, I'm like, hey, if I had a daughter, I'd be like, look up to her. You know.
1: Seriously. Beautiful. And also, like with her promo. So you know, we were talking about Brandy Rhodes earlier, yeah. right? Britt Baker doesn't need to come out full Brandy Rhodes energy where she's shaking around and yelling at the camera and like, you know, she doesn't need to do that. Britt, Britt Baker plays the perfect suburban middle class princess diva. She plays the perfect person who, you know, works as a doctor, goes to yoga, goes to Starbucks, calls somebody a shitty barista. She doesn't have to have full heel energy to be the basic white girl diva. Yeah. Like, she can play that character perfectly because it fits her look, it fits her attitude, it fits everything. She can go out there and be like, "Like I I am legit. I am a doctor. I am a wrestler. I am beautiful. I am all of these things. And what are you? You know, like, who are you to come up here on me? She doesn't have to do all of those things because, again, it's true. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, I, I was... I was thoroughly impressed with her promo. Like I said, I've heard some people not like it. I I you know what? You're not gonna like everything I like. I thought it was awesome. Maybe it's cause that's what I was waiting for. You know, she's not I mean, in the seventies, eighties, she's the perfect white meat baby face. Nineties even. She's a perfect baby face. But this year, I mean, you know, she lines up. The people that, you know, do stuff that are extraordinary generally become heels. The people don't like, (laughs) you know, it's just the way it is. So she, it it fits perfect for her character, who she is. You know, a lot of people like, you know, the whole Adam Cole thing, you know, that figures into it. She, she makes a perfect heel and it's like, if she ever needs pointers, you know, she has a, Company wide, full of people that know what the hell they're doing, but you know she also lives with one of the best heels in the world too. There you go, man. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I'm just so freaking glad Britt Baker finally went heel.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, and it was it was done really well and very unexpected because after the match when Tony came out to the to the ring and I was like, why? Because I figured she was going to either challenge for a title shot or set up a fatal four way or something like that. I never thought that she was just going to go. I'm better than you,
1: <laughs> Tony. Come here, mm-hmm. you suck. Yes,
0: it's <laughs> basically. Yeah, you know was- and everyone loves Tony, so that uh-huh, is a great way perfect. to great way to turn heel. It was absolutely back and Well, when you
1: can imagine, too, with Tony at Starcast, he often plays host for a lot of things like karaoke nights and, you know, different games and all sorts of stuff. So I imagine on the cruise he was doing that, too. So everybody got to interact with Tony Schiavone in one way or another in a really fun and positive environment. So to have this princess lady come out and then start dogging him, you're like, dude, no, hell yeah. no. And you got asshole chance from the crowd. On the cruise at Brick Baker. It was amazing.
0: Yes. Maybe uh, in late 90s, early 2000s, the way you turned heel in the WWE was beating up Ahar, Maybe the insulting and making fun of uh, Tony Schiavone is going to be that for uh, AEW.
1: Absolutely, man. It was great. Um, so the next match we had, again, we're getting more character stuff. We're getting more action. This is just really fun. Was uh, Jurassic Express versus the Inner Circle. This was Santana and Ortiz and Chris Jericho. Now, first, before we get into this, this is yet again another iconic moment that we got on this cruise ship. Which was Chris Jericho coming out as AEW World Champion... To his own rock song, that is his theme song that he's singing, that the crowd is unanimously and thunderously singing along to as he walks to the ring on the cruise ship that is his own (laughs) cruise. Is there anything more rock star in life than that? Like, at all? He had the whole crowd singing along to him. It was so great.
0: Yes, and Aubrey Ar- Edwards posted that she was trying to stay cool because, you know, she's supposed to be, you know, in the middle, but uh, impartial, but she's like, it's the coolest moment and you just want to sing along too. Believe me, I would have been singing along with it. I don't even like the song. I know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm weird. Uh, but I it was like, I would have been singing along too because that was freaking to me, it reminded me, them singing along was like um, when Becky first like exploded and she started coming out and everybody started going, oh, and doing the whole thing with it. And it was just like the whole crowd was doing. Like the first time I heard that, it was that same energy. But this is a dude singing his own song. He's coming <laughs> out to his own music and everybody knows the words. And I'm guaranteeing you. If it wasn't Chris Jericho singing that song, a good majority of that audience probably would have never heard it.
1: Probably not. I mean, it's (laughs) but it's a good song. And Jericho does it so well. But, yeah, there's totally, like, an element of, oh, my God, that's Chris Jericho. And, like, and they also had just seen it because Fozzie played on the boat. So I really hope that this starts a trend of everybody singing along that song. Because we've been singing it since Double or Nothing. Like, I know Tiffany was, too. Andy and I were—I <laughs> don't know if you were—I maybe, no, but like
0: it, it was one of those things you can't help but sing along yeah, when exactly. everybody around you is singing the song. Like, exactly, you just seem like the stick in the mud if you're not.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> but but I but having the whole crowd do it on the ship, and then because they have different sound production because it's on the cruise ship, and because the crowd's smaller because again they're all on a boat. Like, you really get an intimate feel of that, which highlighted the sound of everyone, which was so good. So, yeah, you've got Chris Jericho coming out with this literally iconic greatest of all time moment, which is just going to go down in history as one of the best wrestling entrances ever. Um, But the match itself was really fun because, again, you've got Jurassic Express, you've got Marco Stunt, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and they're super over baby faces. Against the Inner Circle. And one of the most surprising things about this match, like literally the most shocking, was that Marco Stunt almost pinned Chris Jericho with a believable two and a half count. Yes. That was insane.
0: And, and again, how you add, how Twitter and all those things add something to the show. All he talked about all week is how he was going to pin Chris Jericho. And, <laughs> yes. And they did it in a very believable way. So that was pretty awesome also.
1: So good. And then the rest of the match, they had isolated Jungle Boy because Jungle Boy had started getting some really great offense. Like the beginning of the match, all three of them were just hot fire action. And then at some point, they isolate Jungle Boy. And then you really feel for him because they're just beating him down and preventing him from getting over to tag somebody in and bringing him back to the opposite corner and then wailing on him again. And it was just so
0: nuts. I appreciated again, you know, going to the little outside of Kayfabe for a second. Jungle Boy selling made them look so much more like assholes. Yes. <laughs> he he <laughs> yes. looked like he was getting killed. So you like, why are they picking on him? And it's like you felt really bad for him.
1: Absolutely. Well, again, that's one of the things where he's already over as a baby face and you already saw him in a match one on one with Jericho where he hung in the 10 minutes and beyond. So like he's already in this place of magic where you know, it's believable to see somebody like Jungle Boy hanging in there with Chris Jericho or the inner circle. But now you have a situation where people are sympathetic to him. And that's really cool to see because you really want him to be victorious. And yes, Marco's fun. And yes, it's great to see him, you know, get one over on Jericho, which is just still boggles to my mind and is just absolutely delightful. And again, speaks to how much Chris Jericho values Marco's stunt values Jungle Boy and values Jurassic Express to even be in this situation in the first place but to have a baby face now that you already like but now you want to see even more it's kind of like Darby Allen right where he kept losing in these big matches and that just made you want to see him win that's where we are with Jungle Boy now
0: yeah absolutely yeah yeah jungle boy is very much built for the future i know people aren't used to being patient and they want everybody to win and be the champion right now but it's one of those things. They're not, Jungle Boy is not getting built for 2020. He's the 2022 guy. He's the guy that's going to be and eventing the shows in 2022, 2023. Because, I mean, as far as the company, you always have to be looking ahead. And he's their guy of the future.
1: Yeah, and we will have all seen the story of his epic rise to prominence by the time he gets there.
0: Maybe we get a Jungle Boy, probably under a different pseudonym, versus versus Darby Allen in a main event of an AEW show for the world title one day. Oh, that
1: would be crazy cool. Yeah, I don't, know who, crazy I don't know who cool. would be
0: the heel, who would be the face, or if either one has to be a heel or a face, but it would be crazy to see them grow like that it's just like again aw's kind of earned you know over the last few months kind of earned your patience and that's what they're gonna do is every time they keep paying off a storyline it's gonna keep earning them more and more leeway absolutely
1: so the next match we get kind of a taste of that rocket stardom him too. Because now we have Joey Janela. Who's to me been one of the biggest treasures. Of AEW Dark. Where he has been so impressive. In how he sells for other people. Like he makes everyone look so good. And by doing that. He also looks so good. But he's also been sort of demonstrating. Like he's not just this deathmatch guy. He's not just this hardcore guy. He is a legit. Wrestler, And every match we get to see him in, he sort of proves that even more. But this was an interesting testing ground because this was against MJF, who is the biggest jerk in AEW, like, hands down, the biggest jerk in wrestling right now. Like, he is so arrogant and so awful but he's also really good at what he does so you can't help but to be kind of amazed by it even though he's like the worst so you have him against mjf who's just the biggest heel as a star it's insane and they have a crazy good match even with the arrogance even with the character like i loved this match what what were your thoughts on it
0: yeah um i was i was This match to me didn't connect with me as much as I would like it to. I, uh, you know, I honestly, um, this is one of those times I've actually seen them on like YouTube have a better match, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. But it was just with them two, it was just, it just felt like it was a lot of character work. And then I didn't like the finish, but it finished made sense going forward. It's just like one of those matches, it just, like, and like me being, like I said, I'm always going to be honest. If someone said, hey, I hated this match, I'd be like, I could see it. I didn't hate it. I'm not passionate against it. it just didn't really connect with me.
1: That's fair. And to be fair, this was more about what happened at the end of this match yeah. than anything else, which was, you know, so the the end of this is that MJF capitalizes and he does actually a really great double cross on Joey Janella after Janella is sort of distracted By Kip Sabian and his ex-girlfriend. Penelope Ford. Anyway. (laughs) Um, So then MJF. Calls out Cody. And he's taunting him. And he's basically calling him a lyricist. Promo guy. But like super mocking him. And then Cody Rhodes comes out. On the Jericho cruise. Which was super fun. Because you don't get the chandelier entrance. You get Cody entrance. Which was really cool to see. It's been a while. Um, And so Cody comes out, and he's talking with him. But again, the rule is that he can't touch him. <laughs> so <laughs> this this was a really, really fun dynamic between the two of them.
0: Yes, uh, yes. Um, I thought this was, like, a great face-to-face. It's And they're doing a really good job of a very old school. You know, they're building this feud. They're making you need for them to fight because you know what? They're, other than, I think, the night after when he comes out to attack, and, uh, you know, that uh, show after and he comes out to attack uh, MJF, Cody comes out to attack MJF and Warlow attacks him, there's been no physicality between the two. You know what I mean? They are making you desire to see Cody get his one-upsmanship to to get back at MJF. And they're going to make you wait. They're going to make you come out of pocket. To see Cody get his hands on MJF. That's, oh man. man it... that's, that's called drawing. That's called selling. That is called. That is, this is what wrestling has been since like the 30s or whatever. You make people want to see someone fight. And I was like. And me as a Cody fan. I am. Itching for him to get his hands on MJF. I can only imagine, like, the fans that just love this. It's, it's probably one of the better feuds in wrestling, and they haven't had one match. They're not wrestling every week for six weeks. Like, that happens at other places. No, they haven't even touched each other. They're oh, the a, anticipation yeah, is yeah. so good. They're going <laughs> to wrestle everyone and fight everyone but each other. Cody's gonna be in a freaking steel cage match when on Wortlow's freaking debut. Not gonna <laughs> touch MJF. Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> that match is gonna be insane. No, no, yeah, it's like this has just been perfectly, to me, perfectly done. And it, I mean, it's it's a very old school take on a new school, you know, new school, new concept. You know what I mean? It's just like, and MJF, who's a very old school character, very old school heel. Cody, who's kind of an old school baby face right now. This is perfect. This is part of that buffet. This is something, like, if you're an 80s fan and you see how this storyline's playing out, you could probably pick out, like, Ric Flair versus Sting and say, man, this played out the same way back in 1987 because... This is kind of this is this is very much a very much a 80s hill face dynamic.
1: Well, it reminds me, especially with the cruise ship of like the 80s and 90s movies where you have like the arrogant jock guy, which is absolutely MJF to a T. And then you've got like the good guy jock guy who's Cody. Yeah. But the way that they handled this was so cheesy and so fun and so perfect in every way. Yes. So you've got them facing off with each other inches away from each other but Cody can't touch MJF and MJF knows this so he keeps getting closer to Cody and Cody's not backing down but he's also making it a point not to touch him at all so he says I can't touch you but that doesn't mean somebody else can't touch you my friends can't touch you and the young bucks come out and they lift MJ up F up and then they throw his ass in the pool and it was the best ever it was so good the indignation on his face as he went into the pool is something that I will treasure for a long long time
0: (laughs) no one I mean you can't have a pool on the set and no one go into the pool you got, exactly. You have to go into the pool. This was perfectly done because MJF just like Mike drops Cody. Like, I don't want to hear him talk to you. I ignore you. He gets out the ring and, you know, he's facing them, giving him shit and giving them good looks. And who's behind him? Nick and Matt. Double super kick <laughs> right into the pool. And you know what? And it, you know what? You know you think, oh, this is just kind of a throwaway moment. No, MJF is pissed now. He calls his boys the Butcher and the Blade and say, "Hey, avenge me for next week."
1: <laughs> oh, what a pompous ass! That was so glorious. I
0: love it. I love it. <laughs> it's, so it, it it's very much when the the it, it very much when the pompous ass finally gets. You know, Cody. This is like you know. This is like a jab. This is not like, you know, the full revenge, but he got a jab back. Jody, I mean, Cody came out looking good in this situation because you know what? You're going to have to watch Cody take 10 lashes at some point. Oh, my God. Thank you.
1: Right. Like, give us something (laughs) fun before we see that.
0: (laughs) Yes. And, you know, that's going to be painful and awkward for a lot of people (laughs) that night.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this, this was great. This was a very, very fun and invigorating way to end that match to, to sort of further along Cody and MJF and just to have a freaking fun moment on a cruise ship with a wrestling cruise. Like, you got to do it. It's great. Um, so then we get to the main event match, and this was Pirate Moxley versus the Bastard Pack, and this was insane. You had them wrestling Everywhere on the cruise ship. You had them in the crowd. You had them up on the stairwell. You had them near the announcer table. You had them in the ring. And it was funny at one point. I think I saw Moxley look under the ring. And I was like, there's no room for tables. Like, you can't do anything with tables on this boat. Because there's just no room for it. They did everything without tables. And they didn't need it. It was such a great match. It was so good. The, The suspense. Like, I honestly... Literally had no idea who was going to be coming out of this. And it was really important because it was a number one contender match. So whoever wins this match between both very strong, very intense, very fast, and very clever men would go on to be able to face Chris Jericho for the AEW world title.
0: Yes. I have a spicy hot take. This is one of the perfect matches for JR to call. I thought he added so much more to this match. Because the cranky old man that questions everything, you know, sometimes it doesn't work in the tag team environment of AEW or six man tag where they don't necessarily follow all the rules. But in this match, where Moxley is selling the eye, he drove home that point the whole match. And it added to your Moxley may not win in despair type of situation to it because he's like yeah it's great you can do what you want but when all he has to do is punch you in the eye <laughs> right <laughs> well and chris jericho too he was
1: on commentary talking about yeah, yeah. how strong pack was and how terrified he was going to be Face
0: him. Yeah. And it was just that one point where he just grabbed his head and, do I guess the Kawada kicks and he just kicks him in the face, kicks him Uh. right (laughs) in the eye. I'm like, dude, I felt that. It was just, I felt that. And it was just like they did it perfectly as far as, I mean, I didn't know that you can sell eye. Like I I remember I want to go back and watch the 80s, 90s, like blindfold matches, and they're all hysterically horribly done. So this was like, he's selling one eye. And it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's not like, even like an arm that you can yeah, grab. It's yeah, just like yeah. your eye. <laughs> yes. So it's like, you selling, it's like, how do you sell an eye? And they did a really good job of telling the story of him overcoming the eye injury to win. And Pox, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, yes. I, I I'm, Now that he's on this super huge stage, people can actually realize it that when it comes down to the performance part of professional wrestling, there ain't too many people better than Pac. So... No, he, no, he, he's been
1: amazing.
0: Yes, he served his purpose and you know, he was overconfident and that's why he lost. He went for his moves in situations he normally wouldn't have went for his moves because, you know, Moxley only has one eye, and you know, in the end he ate the paradigm shift, the elevated paradigm shift, and that's what cost him the match. But it was just it, it was just the energy of it, that heel bastard pock energy made you root for uh, Moxley even more.
1: Absolutely. And the thrill of the near falls and the counters and the reversals, like Pat going for two Falcon arrows and, you know, Moxley figuring out a way to sort of circumvent them both the first time with the knees up the second time by rolling out of the way Like, it was really a dash to the finish, and they were throwing everything that they had into it, and it was so neat to see Moxley as crafty as he is, because his paradigm shift really felt like it came out of nowhere, and then the match was done, and it was just like, oh my god, like, this really could have gone either way, because both of them are that good, that strong, that fast, and that quick-witted, but Moxley was finally able to eke it out with his finish coming out of nowhere, and then it's it. He's the number one contender.
0: Yeah, and the snap that he gets on that move makes it so much more believable. It, 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 You know, it's just one of those tiny things that a lot of people wouldn't pay attention to. It's just like the snap he goes down. It's just like it looks like so much velocity, and it's like I didn't even like him using the double arm DDT at first, but, you know, since he's gotten out, he looks like he's worked on how it looks, and it looks really, really good. And like I said, I thought this match was great. I thought it was the perfect uh, blend of, you know, elite athletic ability and great storytelling.
1: Absolutely. And that, like, is, you know, again, the mastery of what AEW is doing is, you know, they're starting their show off with this incredible action-packed match. And then they end the show off with this incredible action-packed match. And you just end up leaving Dynamite, and especially this Dynamite on a cruise ship, feeling like you just watched one of the greatest wrestling shows that you could possibly watch that week.
0: Yeah, and it's just like Jericho is, uh, I mean, Jericho, perfect foil, uh, you know, they're both rich, but they're rich in two completely different ways jericho's the guy that reminds you it and that he's how awesome he is and moxley is just a badass that just wants to fight and then that's all he wants and we all knew that we were getting this as the main event of uh revolution but oh how satisfying is it how they got there they didn't you know they made you wait and then they came up with a satisfying conclusion yeah, so. But
1: also with like a lot of fun in between. You know, oh, yeah. The, the... the offer with the car. Like There's all this grandiose stuff around it because of the grandiose nature of Rockstar Jericho, but it never felt like spoon-fed. It never felt forced. It never felt like, oh, okay, well, they're going to do this, and of course they're going to do that, because why wouldn't they? And all right, we'll just get this match. Like You're just hyped every second of the way. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, you know... I completely agree with that statement. It's just, it really is awesome. It is amazing uh, how well they execute some of these things. And, of course, you got Chris Jericho and Moxley. They've both been in this business. I mean, Jericho twice as long as anybody else in the company. But Moxley, you know, he was at a high level at the biggest wrestling company in the world. You know, they know how to do this.
1: They definitely know how to do this, and there's a lot of different tricks that go into it with timing, with speed, with crispness, with, you know, different taunts that they do to each other, to the camera. Like, it's, this is just going to be a fun, crazy, ridiculous match, and I can't wait for it. Yes, um, like so, how many
0: times is he going to get attacked between now and the end of February? Oh, <laughs>
1: my God. Well, I think next week, right? Cause yeah. he's, so next week's card, we have set up already, which we've talked about. The Young Bucks versus Butcher and Blade. We've got Cody Rhodes versus Kip Sabian. We've got Santana and Ortiz and Jericho versus Private Party and Darby Allen. And we also have an appearance by John Moxley. And with both of them being in the same building, you know stuff's going to go down because they're building up to revolution. I can't wait to see what they do next week.
0: And I hope Moxley doesn't do the stupid face thing and uh, cut the promo with no backup. I'm like, I just like, I understand you're a loner, but fighting five guys every week just doesn't seem like it makes a lot of damn sense to me. Especially if he ends up going over (laughs) Jericho at Revolution. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I like it because it's different. Because... When we saw him cut the promo where, you know, he just gets beat down and nobody runs out, they had to have done this intentionally. I'm sure that they did. But they drew out, you know, the the camera angles to a wide shot in the ring. And I kept expecting somebody to run out. I kept expecting, even the crowd was too. They were looking over at the entrance, you know. Yeah. And commentary was talking about it. And I I was sure that someone was going to run out, even if they weren't friends, just because they didn't want to see Jericho beating down somebody else, you know, in an unfair fight. Literally nobody came out and it was so cool because I've never seen
0: that. Yeah. And it's just like, we need, we, we need, and it's a great way to get other people over if you want. And like, if in the end it ends up being Darby Allen and private party that comes out to, to make the rescue, that would, you know, as far as Private Party, who's kind of cooled off since that really hot match with the Young Bucks. I mean, they're still there, but, you know, they don't have that a fire behind them. Just think about if they were to main event like a four on four match with Moxley. Oh, my God. Mm, that elevates yep. them right back to where they were. And it keeps Darby Allen to the forefront, which he doesn't really need it. Because Darby Allen's just Darby Allen, and it, it's like to me, he's one of those first people that could wrestle once a month, and he'd be just the biggest star because everything about him just screams star. So, but absolutely. It, it, but yeah, him helping Moxley like he helped Cody, just like okay, I'll help you, but keep, that could be his thing. I'll help you, but keep in mind <laughs> if you win the title, <laughs> yeah, we're yep. gonna fight again. You know, yeah. My eventual goal is to beat you.
1: So I'll help you, but this is an uneasy truce. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we've got after the cruise, they announced the next year's Jericho Cruise already will take place February 1st through February 5th with Dynamite airing on February 3rd. They already have pre-sale signups live on the website. If you go to chrisjerichocruise.com, you will find it right on the homepage. Join the pre-sale. You'll get onto an email list set up an account, and then they will start emailing updates once they are available. We've also had some interesting news this week that we should definitely talk about, which is rumors on people who are in high-level talks with AEW. There are two names. First one, Brian Cage. Second one, Lance Archer. What are your thoughts on Brian Cage?
0: Yeah, you know, the rumor is that he, the rumor came out that he had actually signed. It wasn't yeah. like, yeah, but uh, the thoughts on Brian Cage is, of course, he's elite adjacent. They love him. SoCal guy, you know, and definitely less of a wrestling schedule. People have to understand that that's going to be something that wrestlers take in, uh, to consideration. But he's freaking amazing. He's a creator wrestler, you know. <laughs> he he really is. He's the he's the guy that like you know when you said you wanted to wrestle grow up you are like man what are your finishers gonna be and you just named all the best wrestlers finishers you know and he was like no you, you can't do that well Brian Cage does he does the F five as like just a move <laughs> he he can do he's three hundred pounds of solid muscle and can do a a standing shooting star I mean this dude as far as The definition of athlete, you put Brian Cage next to the pitcher. So, yeah, and he brings a look that a lot of people on the roster don't have. He is physically bigger than most of the roster. So if you wanted to make him a heel or bully, that works. You want to make him a face, you know, that works because he just did it in Impact for the last two years. I think it would be a great signing. That sounds awesome, dude. (laughs) Because
1: I don't know much about him. I saw him at the hotel in Vegas when we were at the Tuscany for StarCast and for Double or Nothing. And he's huge. Like, this dude is like what you imagine a doll, like an action figure to look like. You know, as a wrestler, like he's just so jacked that you're not even sure how humanly possible that is.
0: Yeah. So huge. I, I don't know how he can move. I don't, I don't know, uh, know either. Yes, and the fact that he can do a standing shooting star, but he does moonsaults. He is just, yeah, he's an athlete. That's
1: awesome. I'm excited about Lance Archer because Lance Archer, I know him from New Japan, and he's one of those guys like Luchasaurus where he's a big Dude. So he's a dude who can, you know, be the monster guy who takes down the roster. He also could be a face or a heel. He's a heel in New Japan. He is athletic. He does a lot of act like walking on the ropes with his moves. But he also throws down hard. He and John Moxley had an incredible match. At Wrestle Kingdom. Which is basically New Japan's Wrestlemania. It was one of my favorite matches on that card. And when you've got Hiromu and Will Ospreay. Or Okada and Naito as main events. To have Archer and Moxley be like right up there. As far as favorite matches on those cards. That's amazing. So he would be an incredible asset for AEW. He's somebody that I've been wanting to see there. Gosh since AEW was formed really. Um, and he is a free agent with New Japan, so apparently he is in high level talks with All Elite Wrestling. He would make a lot of sense because, again, he lives stateside, and when you're considering travel and going to Japan all the time, that's that's a lot of travel. Yeah, yeah. You know? He
0: he's wrestled a long time. He's a little mm-hmm. older. I mean that. I mean, not having to travel as much or make, making making shorter shorter trips is probably way way you know less on your body and another point i've heard is that he may be able to be using this to get a new japan uh contract and if he is i tip my hat to him on that also absolutely 100 yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah. because
1: you know he was in a title position he had the u.s title for a while but he's a guy who was in their sort of tag team division, which New Japan doesn't really have a tag division except for like once a year for three weeks. <laughs> so he was in a tag team for a while. And we very rarely saw him. And then Davy Boy Smith Jr. left New Japan. And now suddenly he's in the singles. And he's tearing it up with everybody. Every match that he is in with someone is fantastic. So he's been a lot of fun to watch. And if he ends up using this as leverage to lock in a deal and not be a free agent anymore, but instead be contracted with New Japan, more power to him. But honestly, I would love
0: to see him in AEW. how now i'll ask you a question we did not talk about so hey if you want to take a second how many more guys can they add before they have to add like a mid card title like a u.s title whatever i just intercontinental for lack of a better word how long do they have to how long how many more people can they sign before they not have another belt yeah,
1: I, I don't know. I I think I'm kind of happy with what they're doing right now. Well, like,
0: and I really am, but you bring Brian Cage on, who's a star. Sure, you bring, sure. You bring Lance Archer on, who's a monster. He's like, what are they going to do? Are we just going to have a whole bunch of factions like in New Japan? Or is, you know, what Lance Archer? Because, I mean, I mean, perfect storyline for Lance Archer at the top of my head is him costing Moxley that's the match against Jericho. Oh, I don't like, so like a lot of interference, but he's like, please do it. You beat me in Japan. <laughs> you beat <laughs> me in Japan and you, you ran away. Yeah. I came and chased your ass down, you know? Dude. And it. he
1: put <laughs> him through the ringer in yeah. New Japan. I have never seen John Moxley before or since mm. be put through the ringer as hard as he was yeah. with Lance Archer. Like that was insane. Um. You know, I, I figure they're going to have a, a mid-card title at some point. They're going to yeah. have an Intercontinental title. Yeah. I'm not like, I know it's a fun thing to talk about, so if you want to talk about it, I will leave the floor to you. But as far as me answering it, I'm super comfortable just yeah. kind of going along with it and watching how it goes down. And if they end up signing more people, awesome. I know that things are getting a bit like uh, crowded, but I figure they'll, they'll get to it eventually. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, it just it's one of those things that I can honestly say, I gave that zero thought before I brought that up. It was just we were talking about. It, I'm just like, huh? They are bringing in a lot of name talent. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're gonna probably need something. Uh, Dave uh, Meltzer on the show this week said that the Bucks uh, said that the the Bucks told them that they're gonna do a six man title, and that's that tournament is gonna be next year on the vote. And he said he doesn't know if they were just blowing smoke up his ass. (laughs) I was going to
1: say, I mean, I have seen a million freaking six-man matches in New Japan. More power to you if you can make a six-man title exciting. I will, like, applaud you, and that would be great. You've got the teams for it, SCU and Jurassic Express. But, like, I've seen a million freaking six-man tag matches, dude.
0: (laughs) You know, it's crazy. It was crazy because even, even Meltzer said it. Like, take that with a grain of salt. It is one of my things I always say when I post news or rumors or anything on all things elite. It's like everything I'm saying, I am not a news guy. I did not do any of this research. So take what I put it with a grain of salt. Meltzer very much said this. They could have just been messing with me. So I
1: will say (laughs) this. If they do it, as much as I'm like... Because New Japan six-man tag matches really are meaningless a lot of the time. They're just used to further a story, and that's fine. But I trust AEW and what they've done so far and the stories that they've done. I am a full believer in patience and paying off with AEW because they've shown that investing patience with what they're doing and a wait-and-see approach will pay off in the end. So if they put out a six-man title it's probably going to be worth it it's probably going to be amazing and i will be eating my hat you know next year when we
0: talk about it yeah and then like i said it's one of those things i heard on melter and i was like if i didn't throw it out there i felt like disservice to the people that are living listening but because they'd be like oh they came out of nowhere no not really they're kind of whispered uh yeah i remember when uh when they were both online Someone asked Nick, when are they going to get a car title? And he just put never in all caps. So it's not like <laughs> something that they're rushing to do. Yeah, and I'm not I, worried about it. They got a I, ring. I they titles. See, and that's the whole thing. I do wish, you know, the whole Diamond Dozen thing, I th- wish they would bring that up more for MJF. Because it's not a title. It's not a title, but it's, you know, something that he has – That's supposedly of value. I mean, it's an
1: accolade that he can make everybody kiss.
0: Yes. So, (laughs) I, I, you know, I do. I hope they uh, like uh, bring that up a little bit more. I do like MJF doing it. And, you know, if Cody's like, man, I'm going to take your ring. That would be amazing. I don't know. I'm just looking forward to everything this year. Like I do speculate (gasps) because that's my favorite game. But, uh, yeah, it's fun.
1: I hope that Cody makes like takes his ring and then makes him kiss it because yes. MJF totally stole Cody's thing and I want Cody to get it back and then to like make him kiss it.
0: That would be <laughs> awesome. awesome. So good. Awesome. Awesome. No. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a lot to look forward to in the coming weeks. We've got Revolution coming up. We've got great dynamite shows that are always stacked and super fun. And of course, the fallout from the cruise. And Moxley and Jericho, and what are they going to do next week? So there's a lot of stuff to look forward to. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm just stoked, man. I love Dynamite so much. It's my favorite show. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, it looks like we've covered everything, and I just want to say in proof that I really do think you can like everything. I am. We're about to cut the show. Show. Uh, we're about to cut the show. I'm going to edit it, upload it, so I can then go to the Royal Rumble. This <laughs> yeah so, so you can like everything i do make a lot i talk a lot of shit about picking aew first which i truly want you to do that it's not just me saying it pick aew first but hey if you got other time wrestling is amazing watch wrestling, yeah, wrestling. Dude, wrestling is exactly. magical there is a nwa pay-per-view on right now go buy it if you haven't seen it by the time you listen to the show go Go watch it. I, you know what? NWA has put on really good pay per views, and I think that I don't think that is. I don't think you will regret ordering it. It's just like support everybody if you can. There's no reason, but just support AEW first.
1: Yeah, and you know if <laughs> AEW is the thing that you really like the best, and you just want to watch that, that's cool too. That Enjoy like what you want to
0: cool. watch. <laughs> that that is absolutely cool. It's so weird. Yeah, I always say it's so weird. Back in the day when I watched Friends and Seinfeld, no one said, "Hey, <laughs> pick one." How dare you. you watch you both? you <laughs> like, you can watch 20 different TV shows, but somehow you have to have loyalty to one wrestling company. I yeah. don't get that. <laughs> no,
1: well, have fun at the Royal Rumble. We're going to be watching it also, so enjoy and uh, have an amazing time, dude.
0: Yes, I thank you, thank you, thank you. I will. So many of my friends are going to be down there in Houston. Uh, I Actually, you know, it was funny. We were there for a show last year, and they announced it. I was like, I'm going. like, And, you know, I was like, I'm going. And I really did. You know, AEW didn't exist when I said I was going. They actually announced this. That's how long ago they announced Houston for the Royal Rumble. So it's kind of crazy so this has kind of been pending for like a year and a half
1: well it's gonna be a blast
0: it is definitely gonna i am looking forward to it you got any big plans for the weekend
1: i'm gonna be watching the royal rumble (laughs) (laughs) catch up with uh with hard times and beyond that i'm just gonna be looking forward to
0: dynamite (laughs) if you ever get a chance royal rumble was in phoenix you didn't did you go
1: I did, I did. I actually didn't enjoy it as much uh, going. I went to both the Royal Rumble and uh, TakeOver. We had floor seats four rows from the ring, and it was quiet as hell. So we ended up ditching our seats and going to the nosebleeds and having a fan-freaking-tastic time up there because everybody was rowdy and awesome and fun, and then we went and picked up our chairs later.
0: (laughs) Yes, they kind of price you out. It's like yeah. the the people that can, just the people that can afford to go aren't super passionate, unfortunately. Uh but I can honestly say not too many better experiences in wrestling than doing the Royal Rumble countdown live. Yes, the show. yes, ten, Absolutely. Nah, it's just it's one of those things if you can do it, do it. It's just you wouldn't think that counting down from ten is all that big of a deal, but when you're doing it with like forty other thousand people it's pretty freaking awesome. It's pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, for Amy, this is Floyd reminding you, make sure you're watching all all the, all the shows in the Elite Universe, being the Elite, AEW A, Dark, Dynamite, you know, whatever show they do on TNT. Maybe they just move Dark over to TNT. We don't know what they're going to do. But make sure you're watching all of that. Enjoy what you watch. Don't consume anything you don't enjoy. I don't care what it is. Just just life's too short. There's too many options to consume things you don't enjoy. But enjoy it and enjoy it with passion and love and fierceness because we will support you supporting it. And just remember, whether it's homework or school, always do your best to be elite.